0: Welcome to the very first episode of the NISA podcast. I'm your host, Mia Clark, co founder of NISA, a new women's well being company dedicated to supporting mothers through their fourth trimester. In each episode, we interview either an expert working in the field or share mothers' first hand stories and uncover some of the unmentionables that many women experience postpartum but don't necessarily talk about. This is a place to share information, resources, and real stories so that we can help shine a light on what really goes down. Because we can promise you that whatever shape your fourth trimester experience takes, you're not alone. Today, we're so excited to welcome our first ever guest, Katie Collins. Katie works as a labor and postpartum doula through Birthways, a fantastic Chicago-based resource for labor support, postpartum care, breastfeeding help, doula services, night nurses, and more. Founded 25 years ago by Karen Lang, Birthways was actually one of the first organizations to focus on postpartum and recognize that the care and support women need through pregnancy and birth should be extended through that fourth trimester period as well. Katie shared with us why she thinks postpartum care is so important and what postpartum doulas can do to support new mothers and their families through the
1: transition. So uh, postpartum doulas are awesome and they provide that support afterwards. Everybody kind of comes to needing needing support after you have a baby. and sometimes if, for example, if you don't have family in in town, what does that look like for you? If your partner has to go back to work? how How are you going to make sure that you um, get support during during that time? And we like to think of the postpartum time within that first year. Um, so you know, when baby comes out, that could be an easy transition for you. And six months later, you could really be hit with, with some hormones and emotions and, and kind of trying to figure it out. And so really that first year is a great... We like to look at that whole first year in terms of providing care. Um, I love that because I think, you know, quite often we talk a, a lot about the fourth
0: trimester, right? And mm-hmm. a kind of three that kind of immediate three months. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the point that you're making that, in fact, yeah. you know, postpartum, that postpartum period actually lasts yeah. for a
1: year. Yeah. 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 And the, the different transitions are going to be... You know, everybody gets their own challenges and like what what's going to be hard for you or what's going to be the one that you're like, yes, that's what I really could breathe into. I really enjoyed nursing. Um, you know, for example, like I had a mom who, whose baby started sleeping through the night and that's when she developed postpartum depression. Starting to get that sleep changed her hormones in a way and she couldn't, she had a hard time with that, that transition. Um, we've had other moms who like once they start weaning, but also it could look very differently for everybody. Right. So that's kind of the point is like it could look different for everybody and at all points you should be able to reach out to someone. Um and doulas are great cuz I mean in the spectrum of reaching out um there's definitely your support group, so your partner, your your friends, your your people that you should be connecting with the saying something feels off or this is just hard. That's okay. Um, So, you know, we talk a lot about support groups, talking to other moms or other people in your community. Maybe that's just going down to the coffee shop and saying hello to the barista once a day. Okay, great. So really reaching out. And then the next tier is like, there's mental health professionals out there that are really helpful in terms of identifying and normalizing experiences, but also like putting in perspective where you're at and creating expectations with you that maybe aren't realistic. So it's kind of that psychotherapy. Uh, model. There's cognitive behavior model. There's a lot of all of these models, but then that doula is kind of that support who's separate from all of that. So they're not a medical health professional and they're that postpartum doulas that going to come over and they're going to just hold space for you as you go through this, but also hold you a little bit of accountable um, for your for your journey and process and make it easier. So an example of what a postpartum doula does is like, you know, um, I, I did a lot of daytimes, um, and I would go over and, Say, what needs to be done today? It's that extra hands that you can tell me to do anything and I would love to do it. And sometimes that is like, hey, I need you to hold my baby while I go to the Walgreens. Yes. (laughs) Or maybe that's like, hey, I really want to hold my baby, but the laundry definitely needs to get done. Or, you know, like, oh, it's, it's driving me nuts that the blinds aren't clean. Like I'm sitting here breastfeeding all day and the blinds aren't clean <laughs> or like, um, you know, like we just don't, we're transitioning to bottles. We we don't have a system, uh, help us with that. Um, it's those things that are just going to make it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think too, especially with, with moms, with, um, postnatal mood disorders, I think, um, I For example, I had a mom with uh, postpartum depression. She was seen a therapist. uh, The family was very aware. They hired me to come over in the mornings. Mornings were hardest. Um, And I think we spent about three months together. And usually I would come in and the baby, I would be given the baby and she would go take a nap. That's great. Um, And then around, you know, as we got kind of three months in, she would, instead of giving me the baby, she would say, I'm actually going to bake something. And it, it's, you know, it's postpartum the work, unlike labor support, it's the work of showing up and knowing that like change doesn't happen over a day. It's it's like giving yourself space and time to heal and also as providers and support people knowing that it's not going to change overnight and some things are just going to be the way they are and everybody's going to try to move through them as gracefully as possible and sometimes not. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs>
0: Obviously, having that emotional support is invaluable. Do postpartum doulas also help women with their physical recovery?
1: Yeah, postpartum doulas are great because they know what that recovery looks like. And postpartum doulas are great in terms of the physical recovery and the emotional recovery to know what's normal. So in terms of, you know, especially the physical recovery, knowing when to recommend some sitz baths, knowing, knowing how much to push people in terms of like, yeah, take a walk. Man, feels like your body's not quite ready. Um, is a great person to check in with. Knows that range of normal and can also say that isn't normal. You should call your doctor. I'll 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 come with you with the baby. Um, so I think too, just having a person that knows what's normal and not to say is this normal? Yeah, and she usually will know the answer or can advise you to get more help. We know that birth doulas, like reduce the risk of C-sections, reduce the risk of time of labor, all the, all these really powerful benefits. Postpartum doulas, we don't have the quite the research yet, but what the benefit of them is to have someone to hold space so you can invest in the things and recover fully and healthily um, as possible. So giving someone space to heal is very powerful. Um, giving them support is powerful. And I would... Strongly say that the research would suggest, if done, um, that I think people heal faster. I think people feel better about their postpartum time. They also just have a resource um, in terms of that's connected with the birth community that can reach out if, man, baby's head is a weird shape. Let's, let's, who's the best doctor around for that? Um, so that way, too, you only have like five minutes a day when your baby's first born because you're constantly feeding the baby, you're trying to sleep yourself, you're trying to feed yourself. You might get a shower in, you might get outside, but like really any extra effort is a a big challenge. Um, So that's where there's support people can come in. So having someone in a grocery shop, having someone to say, I wanted to look into that, but I haven't, I haven't had time um, just to provide that support can be, I'd say that the road to recovery feels smoother. In addition to being a doula, Katie is a performer
0: and musician with a strong background in theater She's performed with Second City, Steppenwolf, Chicago Shakespeare Theatre, and many other organizations around Chicago, and also plays with the 30-piece punk marching band Mukapaza. We talked about how dueling and performing are, in fact, not that
1: dissimilar. It's funny, um, doing a Shakespeare play, um, for instance, is, you know, about showing up, knowing the lines, and then being able to be on stage with someone, breathe into it. So it was very easy actually the transition to becoming especially a labor support doula if you like you go you know all this information and you have to just be in that moment with with that woman um so it actually was a great transition and also gave um you know I'd say as an artist there's like transitions that you go through naturally in your artistry like things that you're pulled to themes that you're drawn to um stuff like that and being a doula really kind of fulfilled that like i show up and i'm using my kind of theatrical skills to show up and like know my know my part but also like i'm getting to affect moms and like help and it feels different Mm -hmm. and Um, i'm sure
0: it it requires you to be so present in that mm -hmm, moment but mm -hmm. also maybe flex some of those like improv skills yeah you know yeah
1: yeah yeah Mm. yeah i've worked with second city and i really enjoy (laughs) (laughs) that um so there's part of me that like just really likes that showing up piece um and I just am really passionate in terms of like women's journeys um, and women's rights and reproductive health. And I like, it just has always fascinated me. So also it's like getting a chance to use those skills and talk to people. My, my eyes usually very much light up when someone's like, let me tell me your birth st-. They They tell me their birth story yeah. and I'm like, oh, yes, let's dive in. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um. So yeah, I'd say it's a, it's, And I still am like acting too, but it's such a great pairing for me. Yeah. Katie is also bringing these various facets of her work and passions together
0: in a brilliant new web series called The Doula Is In, which unpacks topics to do with pregnancy, birth and postpartum and serves them up in a really fun way with original music and humorous graphics created alongside other female artists in her community. Katie started The Doula is In after talking to a few close friends in their late 20s and 30s who were maybe considering having a child one day, but collectively came to the realisation that they in fact knew next to nothing about the realities of doing so. Of course, that's something that many parents uh, to be um, also feel. So The Doula is In is Katie's answer to that, a way to share her knowledge with people in a hugely entertaining way so that they can feel calmer and more in control as they go through pregnancy and building life as a family. You know, I certainly found for myself that once I became pregnant, I learned a lot about pregnancy and, you know, I was concentrating on that and concentrating on on learning about birth yeah. and just completely neglected to think about all the other things that happened right yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So I would yeah. have found something like this so invaluable. And I just love how, um, you know, you're tapping into this amazing community of women making it um together and it's just it's so informative but it's also just so fun yeah to watch yeah you
1: know? and like our bodies are actually crazy and sure <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it shouldn't take birth to show us that but like it's just crazy what um yeah what women go through yeah yeah.
0: Um, so let's dig in to postpartum a bit more yes. in the fourth trimester. So mm-hmm. um, what would be your top advice for mothers to be preparing um, mm-hmm. for postpartum? How can they kind of set themselves up and their partners to yeah. um, help set them up for success?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll back it up a little bit of like, I think, you know, we in even childbirth education of like you get pregnant, like you're preparing the whole time to have a baby, So I think too, like, even as a labor support doula of like, yes, the, you know, it's much like a wedding of like, yes, the, the big day is very important, but actually what's the most important is that like, you're actually spending the rest of your life with this person. Like, that's actually... That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. There... Yeah, so it's it's crazy to me when people are like, "Well, the the day is going to be great," and I was like, "Yeah, but have you thought about a crib? You know, like <laughs> just little things like that. Of like, that's the actual important part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think encouraging women too, um, even prenatally, like what class you choose. There's my friend Claire teaches a great class, mindful childbirth in ways done um, at Birthways. Okay. Um, but mindful mindfulness mindful based childbirth and parenting. Yes, that's it. Um, But uh, And it teaches you those skills of like, we're just going to breathe through this moment. Here's, um, you know, working with the tools of mindfulness, how we're going to move through this. And that's actually like postpartum, what's going to be helpful is like when your baby's up at 3am, how do you ground in that moment and be like, I do have a meeting at seven. And this is really unfortunate timing that you're sick and you've been up all night and like, I have things to do. Like, how can you in that moment take a huge breath and say, it's actually going to be fine. Um, And how do we move through this? Because those are the challenges. Like that's when, that's very challenging. Um, And so kind of starting to think about that, I think prenatally is really important. I think through the birth, like knowing um, kind of what to expect. Also, a huge thing of it is knowing your resources beforehand. So I encourage everybody to like go ahead and like look and see who is a lactation consultant that you could call, like who is a the therapist that you could call, what support groups are meeting, like who, what's a postpartum doula that lives close to you if, should you need it? Um, so much of when you meet your baby, it's going to be new challenges and not, not like anybody else's. And like, instead of like having to be like, I don't know who to call, um, just go ahead and have that list and you can call them anytime. And I think lactation, that's a huge one you're going to have to feed your baby. And the point is you feed your baby. That's it. That's the whole point of it. Um, and lactation consultants are so great at diagnosing and, and figuring out um, what's happening and can think of strategies if you can't breastfeed. Like how how often does that baby get fed? And you know they're going to do such a great job of holding your hand in the hospital and like making sure baby's fed. But what happens when you get home? Who can you call? Um, and not everybody's going to be a breastfeeder and not everybody's, you know, everybody's going to find their own journey and knowing that like you're doing the best that you can with the support you have is huge. So yes, have your list of resources. Um, and then like really think about food, in the first day. like so, it's gonna get like I tell people like the first week, all you have to do is be alive at the end of it with your baby. Yes, <laughs> that's it. That's the whole goal. It doesn't matter how you get there. Um, so like, 100%. you aren't gonna be showering probably. Um, uh, you aren't gonna be cleaning like, but you do need to feed yourself. So thinking about that, and then thinking about kind of who those support people are gonna be that you're gonna call. Um, you know, I think it's really fun to have like a text message chain of, like, here's my, like, close friends that I'm going to keep updated and can be on my side during birth, after birth, um, just to be, like, here, here's my, like, people to reach out to. Um, Also thinking through, like, those support people and what they're going to be good at. Right. For instance, sometimes grandmothers are not helpful to come stay with you. That's actually going to be more stressful. Uh
0: Some, I know a few people, you know, yeah. who did have their grandparents involved. And obviously they, you know, they were mothering themselves at a very, very different time. And yeah. you know, I have a friend whose grandmother was like, that. you know, the baby shouldn't sleep on its back. It should sleep on its front. <laughs> you know, like all of these things are like so obviously so those yeah. guidelines
1: are so different now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they've changed very much. So um, they've changed a lot. Uh, yeah. And actually, it's funny. I tell people you can buy everything used. You should probably buy a new crib car seat and stroller
2: because
1: mm-hmm. those are the safety things and like things have really changed with like the cribs that used to go up like the uh, right. things that used to go up and down the, yeah. like the sides that yeah. go up and down or having a bumper around the crib yep. and stuff mm-hmm. yeah all these things have really changed and knowing what's safe is helpful and sometimes mm-hmm. grandma's not going to be the most helpful um so thinking through that too i know everybody wants to be there and i think you know setting expectations early in terms of like hey We're going to want you to help us with mornings. We're going to want you to help us. We're like, yeah, just kind of thinking through like, and thinking through, you know, so much of the labor into postpartum is thinking through challenges that you've already gone through in your life. It's not a different person that shows up to birth your baby. It's you. So the challenges that you already face are like the challenges that you might face there. Um. That's true a lot about mental illness of like people that are at risk for um, are more susceptible and more at risk for depression or people that already have a pre-existing condition. Mm -hmm. So that's something to think through beforehand of it's you that's going to show up and what comes up for you in moments of stress and challenge. You talk on the
0: dooler is in about how no topic is taboo. At Nisa, we talk a lot about uncovering the unmentionables, those things that we still collectively shy away from discussing, but that are in fact incredibly important for us to be talking about as we share our experiences and stories. So I'm curious, what are some of those taboo topics you see your clients dealing with? So
1: many, and I talk about them so often, so I don't know. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) nothing's taboo for you. I know. I was like, I mean, I regularly go be Get people depends. And mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, the healing, the physical recovery can be pretty taboo to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, you know, setting me expectations. And I think I really enjoy a powerful image of women that are still recovering that look very pregnant because that is true. Um, and I think that um, no one just gets to get their body back.
0: No, I mean I I myself I it changed a little bit because I had some close friends mm-hmm. give birth um you know within that sort of first two years before me but um yeah I certainly before that had no idea that you I mean you really look 5 months pregnant after you give birth and yeah. Yeah. That's totally
1: normal. Totally no. normal. Your body's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's unexpected. It took like nine months to grow the baby. I always say, like, give yourself nine months to put your body back. Actually. At least. Yeah. At least. I still least. have my... Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Beautiful. So does fiance. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that. <laughs> Didn't she say my pooper and I are, like, meant to be right yes. now or something? Oh, I love that. God, I loved it.
1: Um, because, yeah, like, don't... And, and 2 you're you're different. You're now a, a mother. Like, why should your body be different? Um, so I think that's something that we should talk about. I I really think we should talk about loss more. Um, miscarriage is really common and it's a really hard thing to go to, th- through. Um, and I think that like raising awareness and I think a lot of people call me and hire a, a labor support doula saying, I experienced a loss and this is going to be challenging for me to move through, especially those who have um, experienced, you know, had to go through labor um, and have a baby that didn't survive. So I think the more, and I think most everybody that calls me and tells me that says, and I'm surprised that it happens to so many women. And I think it does happen to so many women. Um, Bringing it back to Beyonce, she has a whole song about her her miscarriage. Um, And I think You know, what we do know is, and I I encourage people to think like, well, we are still mammals. Um, A lot of mammals, um, your body, your uterus is a really powerful muscle that never gets used before you have a baby and then it gets used a lot and it becomes very good very quickly. Um, That's why a lot of times that that uterine muscle is, you know, takes a long time for the first baby, but by your fifth or sixth baby, man really knows what to do. Right. Um, So a lot of times, you know, beluga whales go through two to three stillbirths before they can have babies. They, they do they birth really big, uh big whales and baby whales. Um and they their body usually needs to stretch and prepare. So they often go through two to three. And I feel like that's wow. a helpful thing of like we're all mammals and that loss is part of this too. Um because so much has to go right. It's also a crazy thing. And a lot of times the body, bodies and babies protect themselves. So mm-hmm. if it's not developing the way it should, your body knows that it's not right and it's not time. Yeah. Um, so the more we can talk about that, the better.
2: Yeah.
0: Katie and I talked quite a bit about the momentum that's beginning to build in and around the postpartum space and why more publications are printing stories about the fourth trimester and why celebrities and other people in the public sphere are beginning to feel more inclined to be more open about their experiences.
1: We've heard so much history from the male perspective, the white male perspective. And I think while that was all going on, like we, all these women have been birthing babies for years and years and years. Like we know that this has been happening and, you know, hearing stories and going back in history and knowing that like, oh, the colonial women used to throw uh, postpartum parties like really? they they used to go over oh, and I like someone would take over the, the mother's duties for like, oh, I forget the timeline, like until she could return to milking the cows. And I don't know what they did, um, <laughs> but they would do this. So there's this rich history that like, we just don't know because it's not the narrative. Right. And I think that what's changing is that like, we're getting more, uh, maybe better uh, about hearing women and women's stories and the childbirth is a, like such a part of that, um, I think it was the women's march this year that was like you know, or no, I went to the women's alliance uh, mayoral uh, debate mm-hmm. uh, recently in Chicago, and I think it was funny that the issues were yes of childbirth, but then of kids, so safe schools and also violence in neighborhoods, and and so much of the woman's experience is everyone's experience, right? And the more we can kind of make it. The, you know, the women aren't home with the children better. Yes. But they can be, but it has to be their choice. Exactly. <laughs> um, what would you like to see change, whether it's
0: at an individual level, cultural or community level, or regarding current policies and practices, um, to be able to provide, you know, a better, more supportive environment for for women
1: recovering from birth? mm mm-hmm. um, I would like to see, well, so many things. Uh, I would like to see... Uh, better access to postpartum care. Um, I think that's a huge, huge problem and people access and, and insurance makes it very hard. Mm-hmm. I also... And are you uh, i'm referring both to um, physical recovery as mm-hmm. well as... Yeah. So yeah, health? yeah, yeah. Mental health, um, definitely like being able to reach out to professionals and therapists and also physical recovery of, I mean, just knowing that like, if something goes wrong afterwards, it can, your body's still rebuilding, uh, like that you can call your health provider. They will listen to you. They will hear you. They will, um, they will provide the care. Um, so much, uh, so much of that just needs, needs to happen. Um, and then two, just also, I would love to see more open support of like feeding your baby in public, however you want to feed it. Uh, so breastfeeding in public, but also feeding babies in public and not feeling like, um shamed for those things everybody feeds their baby differently and you have to feed your baby so those are kind of three things yeah but yeah so i mean many, there's so many right <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um and then finally are there any um specific books or resources that you would recommend for new parents and parents to be to mm-hmm. read
1: mm-hmm. um the fourth trimester is a great book um that kind of goes over what what's changing um uh, Emily Oster is coming out with a new parenting book that I'm so excited she for is and she is also going to be a guest on this podcast oh next my month. God. <laughs> Anyways, this is very exciting yes. so she is great. Um and I think that'll be really good data driven stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Beyond the Baby Blues is a great book. Um it's, you know, having a breastfeeding book or a feeding book like mm-hmm. is helpful. I like Kathleen Huggins Nursing Mothers Companion. Um but the Leche League has a great book, um, "Safe Sleep" by the La Leche League, uh, is a great book in terms of it goes over co sleeping, but also not. Um, it's a great thing to just educate yourself and like you might fall asleep with your baby. Mm-hmm. Let's do it safely and kind of know know how to do it safely, yeah. and then also you know just have a plan in place. So I'd say those were off the top of my head my some of my faves. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> Also, I will say, um, yeah, knowing beforehand, knowing those resources, I'm going back a little bit, but oh, that's fine. N- knowing those resources, and I think this is what I really would like postpartum uh, people to know that baby blues is normal. So mm-hmm. there's this going to be this dip of hormones. So, and I think the more you kind of know and can expect, it's like, It's like when you know your period's coming and you're like, ah, yep, my period's here. Mm -hmm. I do want that chocolate. I do do my things. Um, It's way more manageable sometimes than being like, why am I feeling crazy? So knowing what's going on in your body can sometimes just be the like, oh, yep, I'm going to be crying today. And that's no problem. Yeah. My hormones are changing. Um, Knowing what's going to happen postpartum is so important. So I'll go ahead and just spell it out right now. Uh, So you... uh, Day two to 10, you're going to have a huge dip in hormones. You're probably going to have the biggest dip uh, day five. Uh, that's because your placenta has gone and it, your placenta actually has started creating like all the cortisol from your body. So it takes a while for your body to realize that it doesn't have that anymore and your brain has to start creating it. Interesting. So those like day two to 10 should like so many women experience the baby blues, most women. Um, I think we can say that um, experience baby blues, which is fatigue, anxiety, um, you know, uh, mood mood swings, just kind of really feeling tired, overwhelmed, etc. So knowing that you're going to go through that, but also knowing around day ten, you should start coming out of that. Mm-hmm. And if those symptoms keep persisting, that might. Be more a signal happening. that there's something yeah. more happening yeah so kind of knowing that would be great <laughs> i think it <Great. laughs> would be
0: i mean just so helpful like you said knowledge is is power and like mm-hmm. just knowing so. that and i think um too with postpartum depression you know it's become this sort of blanket like catch term but really mm-hmm. there are so many variances like within within yes. that Yes. Um, so I think, you know, hopefully as we can continue to learn more and have the right language for the right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah. issue will be
1: Yeah, really yeah. important. Cause, yeah, because also there are postpartum mood disorders. There's exactly. postpartum depression, mm-hmm. which I think is this everybody is starting to know about that. Mm-hmm. But like there's postpartum part anxiety. There's OCD. There's all right. the the spectrum of mental health is yeah. large and everybody's looks different and there's so many different variations. Um so I think that's really important too to know kind of those, because some of the other mood disorders don't look like depression. Mm-hmm. So if a partner's looking and saying, "Well, she doesn't seem depressed," hmm, but there's some other that doesn't things. Doesn't mean that she yeah. doesn't have postpartum
0: OCD, for example. Yes, yes. yes. So totally, and anyone. just having the the having that right language and understanding just you know just obviously mitigates the. Mm-hmm.
1: Trauma that you're going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will also say about postpartum mothers is if you could, I just wish all of all the postpartum mothers in the world could just take a moment and like just love themselves and their babies and know that they're doing everything they can. And that, I don't know, just take a moment to say you're loved and you have love. Um, So I think that's really key too is being so nice to yourself. Yeah. Um, I know mindfulness, they practice, like, loving kindness. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you can just turn that on yourself so much during that totally. time, it would be helpful.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Great. So thank you so much
1: for joining great. us. Thank you, Mia. All right. Bye. Bye. Great. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I get talking. This is great. <laughs>
0: It was such a privilege to be able to talk to Katie. You can learn more about her work at Birthways by visiting www.birthwaysinc.com and her web series, The Doula Is In, at www.thedoulaisin.com. We'll link those in the show notes, as well as the titles and authors of the book she recommended. Thank you, Katie. Okay, I'm here in the studio with NISA co founders Eden and Aubrey, and I'm going to turn it over to Eden to introduce a section that we'll be wrapping up every episode of the NISA podcast with, which we're calling The Unmentionables. So, Eden, what's this all about?
2: Great. Thanks, Mia. At NISA, we want to share real women's stories so that we put real language to transformations. So each episode, we're posing a question to you, our listeners, that explores an unmentionable topic. And we invite you to share your answers, thoughts, stories, journeys. Please call us at 336-HI-NISA and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the next episode and discuss. That is 336-HI-NISA. And of course, you can always connect with us on our website, nisacare.com or Instagram. Being our first episode, we're actually posing two questions for you all. First, what are your unmentionables? We're just getting started with this podcast. Are there topics that you'd like to hear tackled? Let's turn it up and dig in. Also, we'd love to know a big one. Motherhood is altering. How has it shifted your creative identity? What lessons have you learned? Maybe you're still learning. Please call and leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. 336-HI-NISA. All right, that's it for today. Until the next time, go forth. The NISA podcast is recorded at Strange Magic Recording, produced and edited by
0: Robbie Haynes and Tony Lazara. The theme music is by Electrolyte. Thank you so much for listening.